This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a visit with former Cyclone football great Mike Strawn. Mike Green of the Letter Winners Club caught up with Strawn, who will be inducted into the Iowa State Athletics Hall of Fame in September. Strawn was the first Cyclone to rush for 1,000 yards twice, leading the Big Gate in rushing in each of those seasons before going on to a successful NFL career. This Sidecast is provided to you by the Iowa State Letter Winners Club. Bridging the gap between legend and legacy by engaging in our past to invest in our future. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Mike Strawn. Welcome to the latest SciCast, and we have a great guest today, and Mike Strawn. And Mike Strawn is going to be inducted into the 2023 Iowa State Athletics Hall of Fame. And Mike was an outstanding football player for the Iowa State Cyclones from 72 to 74. He was Iowa State's first two-time 1,000-yard rusher. And in 1972, he led the Big 8 in rushing. And when he graduated in 1974, his 3,010 yards were the most in school history and the third most in Big 8 history. Mike went on to an outstanding career with the New Orleans Saints. And uh, we're so happy to welcome Mike today on our sidecast. Welcome, Mike. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. First question, Mike, when Jamie Pollard told you the great news that you're going to be inducted into the Iowa State Athletics Hall of Fame, how shocked were you and how happy were you? Very shocked and very happy. You know, it was a rules to hit me on and think I'm doing the interview like I'm doing today. And, I mean, it would play well, but, you know, I mean, it, I had no idea. And, and, you know, when when I was told that I was going to be inducted, I mean, it, it, it was something I had never dreamed of. and. It was something that really I want to cherish. Yeah, well, it's we're so happy, Mike, and uh, let's let's kind of start from the beginning on your career. Tell us a story on how you got to Iowa State. The kind of legend of the story was that Iowa State was down recruiting one of your teammates at Jackson High School in Miami, and they end up seeing you. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, it's kind of accurate. I mean, I didn't find out that story until later on, but. You know, it was my roommate my my uh, first year, Carl Kelly, was a linebacker. So, you know, I kind of heard, well, we were coming down here for Carl, and then, uh, you know, they just threw you in <laughs> as a bonus. So I say, well, whatever it was, I mean, he didn't last long, but he was a great linebacker. But, you know, the reason the reason I, you know, Iowa State was on my mind because we had a running back uh, called Moses Moore mm -hmm. that, that came up to Iowa the year before, and he kind of was instrumental. And, you know, having me make a decision to come to Iowa State because, as a matter of fact, I probably was one of the most recruited athletes out of Jackson High School my senior year because I made about five trips uh, visiting other colleges. So I don't think any other teammate made that many trips to uh, go visit uh, major colleges. Yeah. So, you know, you ultimately picked Iowa State and Johnny Majors, and, you know, back then, obviously, freshmen had to sit out their their first year. Sitting out that first year, Mike, was, you know, one of the best teams in school history at the time was the Sun Bowl team in 1971. What was that like being on that team, kind of watching? You know, I know you couldn't play varsity that year, but that was a pretty special team, wasn't it? Oh, it was a, a special team. I mean, we had great athletes and you know, we always like your know, college Iowa State to do well, and the Sun Bowl was one of those. I don't know if it was the first uh, bowl game, but it, it, it was. was a significant one. Yeah, yeah, it was actually the first bowl game in Iowa State history. Okay. You know, so I, mean, I wish I could have gone, but I, I didn't. But like I say, you know, uh, 
matter of fact, I think we played, um, was that LSU? Yes, yep. Yeah, it was LSU so in New Orleans, so yeah, so I think LSU got a kick out of that one. But uh, as I say, it, it, it was great. We had, you know, we had a, a great team then, you know, and uh, and really going into the next year, we, we were a little not as good, but I mean, we did go to a bowl as well. Yeah. We lived a bowl the next year. Yeah, so, so talking about your sophomore year, Mike, basically at the beginning of the year, George Amundsen, you know, was a running back in 71. He moved back to quarterback in 72. And so now there's room for a new running back. And at, at the start of the year, you probably maybe didn't think you were going to play that much, but was there some injuries that kind of, you know, kind of put you in that situation where you were going to be the star guy in 72? Well, a lot of things happened. You know, you know, we had uh, Jerry Moses come from uh, Waterloo, Iowa. Yep. And, you know, I mean, he, he was the All-American back, and he was the heir apparent to be running back. And, you know, I, he, you know, I thought I would never play behind Jerry Moses, but so happened, you know, that Jerry got hurt. The first game we were playing uh, Colorado State, so I was a backup running back, and, and, and Jerry was a starter. So he got hurt in the uh, first game, Colorado State, and I had to come in. I had such a great game that he was never able to get his, uh, get his position back again. Yeah. He was a great player. So what happened when he got back from his injury, they ended up putting him at flanker because, you know, they needed to get him in the game, but he couldn't come in and run it back because, you know, I was doing so well. Yeah, and and speaking of the Colorado State game, Mike, a 41 to nothing Iowa State win, you had 17 carries for 143 yards. Um, were you were you shocked that uh, that it came so easy that first game? Well, I could tell you one thing. You know, the air was thin up there. I, I tell you, that was one of the hardest games. And I tell you why. Because, you know, I wasn't a starter, but, you know, I had athletic ability. So they had me on on, on all the uh, pressure teams. So I'm running on kickoffs and punts and, and doing all that. And then I end up having to start. And I said, Coach, I mean, how can I do all this? I can't stop it and run down here on special teams every. So I might have had 200 yards <laughs> if I had to run up and down on special teams. It was, it was a rough, and you know, it was hard to breathe. So you know, but I was a young, young athlete then, you know. So I did the best I could. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State athletics on the field. It's interesting, Mike, because I think Iowa State fans sometimes forget like how many great players were on those early 70s teams, including yourself. But when you think about some of the teammates that you had, especially in that first year when you when you began to play a lot in 72, you had players like George Amundsen, Keith Crefley, Ike Harris, Matt Blair, Merv Croker, and Big Daddy Hunt. I mean, you guys had a lot of talent. What was that like to be in a locker room with all those great players who uh, basically all went on in the NFL just like yourself? Well, we, we knew we had great players, you know I mean? And, and it's not always having great players, you know. It just, you know, you have to kind of put that formula together. And, and we just, you know, we never really put it together like we should have, but... We were always in the hunt in, in, in a lot of our games because of those great players. I mean, and when you see that they went on to bigger and better things, you know, you think back and say, wow, it seems like we should have did a lot better with all the great players we have, you know, especially, uh, you know, the quarterback. I mean, he's the key. So we had a quarterback, not only was a running back the year before, starting running back, but, you know, so that, that gives a lot of versatility. So, you know, we really did have some talent. Keep, you know, tight end like that. I mean, you know, we just, 
you know, it seemed like we should have done better. On paper, we didn't do as good as we should have done, but we knew that we had great personnel. Well, speaking of a superstar, what was it like to have a you know, senior leader like George Amundsen as your quarterback when you were like kind of a young guy coming up? Well, it was great because, you know, I mean, I come in as a freshman and I saw him, you know, he was a quarterback then go to running back and, and he did so well at running back. You know, you just say, wow, you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, it, it, it was great. I mean, I, I have not seen George since then and I'll be glad to see him, but I I can tell you, you know, that, 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 it was great to have an athlete like that on your team, on your side. Well, just a little history lesson for Iowa State fans out there. So, Mike Strawn's first six games as an Iowa State player, he rushed for over 100 yards in all of them except for one. And the one that he didn't, he had 98 yards against Colorado. Iowa State started that year 5-1. and one. You were basically close to leading the nation in, in rushing at that time. Once again, I ask you the question, how amazing was that start for you? I mean, you probably didn't think it was going to be that easy, did you? No, no, I didn't. But, you know, you know, everybody has a confidence in their ability. So, you know, I know I was a, a pretty good athlete, you know, and, and we just kind of went out there and tried to take one game at a time. You know, we want to win them all. But, I mean, that conference was pretty tough back then. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, with Oklahoma, Nebraska, Colorado, you know, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it was a tough conference, you know. And, and, you know, you just go out there and do the best you can, you know. And i got to give a lot of credit to, you know, to the line that I had blocking for me. But it was a lot to think about, you know. Yeah. Well, your nickname was Hound. And I guess I want to ask you, how do you, how did you get that nickname? <laughs> was it before Iowa State or did you get it at Iowa State? Well, Iowa State, I don't know how they abbreviated it. But it came there with Bloodhounds. So, you know, they call me Bloodhounds from high school. I mean, it's a lot of different stories of how I got the nickname Bloodhounds. <laughs> but anyway, so when I got up to Iowa State, you know, they start saying, uh, well, Hound. They dropped the blood and they said, Hound. Okay. So, so I'm Hound. So I'm Hound from now on. I'm Hound when I came into the pros. But Anybody who know me from high school, they still call me Bloodhound down in Miami, but I'm Hound from college on up, you know. So, okay. I mean, it, it's a lot of stories, but, you know, I don't know what to go with, which one. It depends on the, the mood at the time. Yep, yep. 1972, once again, Mike Strawn, you know, just came out on fire, had an unbelievable year. And one of the most famous games in Iowa State history occurred that year when Iowa State tied number three, Nebraska, 23-23. Mike had 112 yards in that game, and uh, George Amundsen hit Willie Jones with a TD catch to tie the game at 23 seconds left. Unfortunately, the PAT was missed, and it ended up in a tie. What were the emotions going through you on the field that day when, when you came back and tied the game, and what was that whole atmosphere like for you, you know, during that famous game? I tell you, it could have been the greatest game of my life, but it was one of the most, you know, unforgettable ones. You know what I mean, I, I, I tell you, you know, we uh, was not supposed to have a chance against Nebraska, but we got them down there in Ames, Iowa, and we played it. You know, uh, Willie caught that, that touchdown pass. I mean, and then you look at something as simple as an extra point. And I, I, I forgot the kicker's name, but I know he, he felt really bad. I mean, but just to, I mean, you felt good because you tired a team like Nebraska, but just think if we had won that game, I mean, it, it, it would have turned a whole lot of things around. 
But a tie was, you know, better than a loss. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I mean, it was one of the most unforgettable games that uh, that I've ever been in college or pros. For quality, comfortable, and authentic styles on Cyclone Game Days and Every Day, insist on authentic brand sportswear. The premium alternative gear of choice in the Midwest and across the nation. Choose authentic brand for your game day styles. That season, Mike, you, um, the Cyclones, made the Liberty Bowl. And did you get hurt in that game, Mike? Is, um... No, 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 I'm going to tell you. You know, I mean, you know, the thing about football, you have some disappointing injuries. And, and I got injured in the last game, I think maybe in San Diego State. Yep. And, uh, I got injured, so I really, you know, and I thought I would be ready for the, you know, we had like a month to get ready, you know, and I thought I'd be healed, but I didn't get healed, so I, I never, I mean, I got in the game a couple of plays, but, you know, I just could not, you know, function. I mean, if I would have been healthy that game, I can guarantee you it would have had a different outcome, you know, yeah. because my, my teammate Moses Moore, you know, he was my fullback. But he ended up going back to tailback for that game because I wasn't available. So, like I'm saying, you know, that was one of the bigger disappointments, you know, in my football career was not being able to play in that game uh, or be full speed. They just put me in just to say I was in the game, but I couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, the game ends, and uh, there was a huge shock that happened after the game when Coach Johnny Majors announced he was leaving to go to Pittsburgh. Did you and your team see that coming or was that just total out of nowhere that happened and you guys totally were stunned? Out of nowhere. Totally out of nowhere. I mean, evidently Pittsburgh <laughs> must be off them something pretty good because, I mean, we were just, I mean, jealous. You know, not saying that Earl Bruce wasn't a good coach, but I mean, you know, under, under Coach Majors, you know, we really, you know, thought we was, we was on the way, you know, and, and, and it, it just came out of nowhere, you know, I mean, it just surprised the heck out of everybody, and, you know, nobody saw it coming, yeah. nobody saw that coming. Yeah, well, your first year, Mike, was phenomenal, you were named Big 8 Sophomore of the Year, you know, you led the league in rushing, tied the school record with 1,260 you know, yards rushing, and, you know, now you have a new coach in Earl Bruce going into your junior year, what was the difference of coaching styles between Coach Bruce and Coach Majors for you? Well, Coach Majors was a little more laid back. Uh, uh, Coach Bruce was a little more uh, a stricter kind of personality, you know. Uh, I mean, he went on to really be a successful coach, so he had a technique that worked, you know, but he just take a little used to getting used to. Sure. You know, you got different assistant coaches and, and you know, uh, Coach Majors took all his coaches with him to Pittsburgh, so it, it, it was an adjustment, and and anytime you have an adjustment like that, you're not gonna have the same team until till you get till you jail. So you know it, it kind of took away from us going into the next year to have to change coaches and staff and do all that. Well, um, junior year now, of course, Mike is still the starting running back at Iowa State and uh, putting up ridiculous numbers. One of your best games in your career happened against Colorado on a muddy field in Clyde Williams Field. You had 198 yards rushing. What do you remember from that game? Well, <laughs> I remember being tired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 40 carries. Was it 40 carries? Yeah, you know, so, you know, it, it, it was mud. So a, a guy, a linebacker, 
who I played in the pros with, uh, named Greg Westbrook. He came to, uh, our, I mean, came to the Saints from Colorado. He said, man, we had, we were coming after you. We, we, we had your number. And, you know, you just, every time we turn around, we would see you just coming through that line, you know, because it was muddy. Yeah, and, and it wasn't much of a passing game. So, I mean, I didn't really feel the 40 yards, uh, I mean, 40 carries, you know. I mean, I just, you know, when they call your number, you just go out there and do the best you can. But, you know, I, I know, you know, I know it was a rough game, you know. Yeah. Late in the year, one of the most bizarre plays in Iowa State history occurred, and I just want to get your perspective on it. Iowa State's playing Oklahoma State at home, and Buddy Hartman is running down the, the sideline, and an Oklahoma State player came off the bench to tackle him. Uh, do you remember that? Oh, I was in the game. I was yeah. right behind him. So, uh, How crazy was that? I mean, they, they really, they were frustrated. You know, Buddy, you know, Buddy kind of came out of nowhere. And, I mean, he was a running quarterback. And, I mean, we kind of broke their spirits, you know, a little bit. And, 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 I mean, they just couldn't take no more. You know, they, they saw Buddy rip running down the field about to score another touchdown and I mean it it, it, it was a bizarre play I mean I, I've never seen another one like it but uh it, it was a bizarre play yeah well you became the first two-time 1,000 yard rusher in Iowa State history and you ended up in your career with a school record 3,010 yards and at the time it was the third most in Big 8 history I believe it also ranked in the top 15 or to top 20 in NCAA history at the time how how proud are you, Mike, of your accomplishments that you had at Iowa State? Well, I was I was really proud of them, but you know I, I had regrets. You know, uh, you know injuries play such a big part in, in, in a person's career. And like my senior year, you know, I mean, I was up for this, I was up for that on paper beginning of my senior year, but. You know, early in the, in the season, I got hurt. So I kind of just lived through that senior year. So, I mean, I could have done much more, but I'm fortunate that I was able to accomplish what I did accomplish. But, like I say, the injury played a big part in, in that senior year uh, of mine, you know, where I would have got another 1,000. I would have got yep. drafted uh, in, in a different bracket. So, I mean, it, it, it really wasn't the greatest. My sophomore was my best year. My junior year was right behind it. But my senior year was a real disappointment. Yeah, and, and, and unfortunately, as you know, I mean, you know, injuries are part of the game of football, and that happens. And you, you had a ton of goals when you came to Iowa State, but one of your goals was also to graduate in four years. And and you did that, right? Well, in actuality, uh, my goal was to graduate in four years, but I actually graduated in three and a half years. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, my mom was really really proud of me because she was a you know educator and you know so you know so we you know you know we had the quarter system so I graduated after the the winter quarter you know which was was great. I kind of concentrated on trying to get out of there early and I found I saw an opportunity to do that so I did it. And, uh, you know, I give a lot of, tell a lot of people that, you know, that was quite an accomplishment from a school like Iowa State with the academic standards that they have to be able to graduate in three and a half years, uh, was, was great. Yeah, yeah. So that, that gave you a chance to kind of get ready for the NFL. And, you know, you were drafted in the ninth round by the New Orleans Saints in 1975. What were your initial thoughts about the Saints? Now, obviously, the, they were kind of a, a newer team, and they had been struggling because they had been an expansion team. Were you excited to go to the Saints? No, I was surprised. I mean, I was surprised they would be around that long. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just like I said, 
it's so much happened my senior year. I was hurt most of the time. When the scouts came, the, the I was had a pool hamstring. I couldn't run the four. Yep. I, you know, it just affected my whole perspective going into my senior year. You know, just the injuries I have. It seemed like, you know, my luck was so bad. Every time I got a chance to shine, something was wrong. A pool hamstring here. And, and you know, so I, you know, talked to a few teams you know, the, day, the days before the draft, but I never saw the Saints in the mix, you know. So back then you had like 15, 16, 16, or 17 rounds, you know. Sure, yeah. You know, I, I kind of was disappointed that uh, that I was around that long, but, you know, just a lot of things contributed to that. And uh, But at the end of the day, it turned out to be a great thing. You know, you made the team as a rookie in 1975 and was looking to be probably a uh, you know, a backup, maybe do some special teams early in your career, you know, with the Saints. And Rod McNeil, who was the primary starter there for the Saints, went down with an injury, I believe, in the first game, right? And so you had to come in right away to take his spot. What was that like? What was the feeling like when he went down and he knew that, my gosh, your time's here already? Well, you know, you, you always got to be able to stand up to the plate. You know, you, you go into the league, you go into any situation in football thinking you the best thing in the world. You always think you're the top, top gun. You know, all you need to do is get an opportunity to prove it. So, you know, and, and football injuries play a lot in you getting that opportunity, you know, so you never have a lack of confidence that you could do the job. You know, it just, I got to get a chance. And when I get a chance to get in there, you know, I'm going to show what I can do. And by the same token, it's a lot of guys because I was hurt, got an opportunity to show what they can do. So sure. injuries and, and, and all that play a lot, in, you know, in the game of football. So, you know, you've been in the right place at the right time, but I never did have a lack of confidence that I could, you know, do it. I mean, of course, you think you're the best in the world. You know, you got that kind of cocky attitude. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. You obviously took advantage of the situation, Mike. I mean, 200-yard uh, rushing games, and at, at one point in the season, you were leading all NFL rookies in rushing, and then in Week 11 in a, um, at Cleveland, you suffered a fractured ankle, am I right? Oh, man. You know, another big disappointment. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the hospital bed. You know, the coaches came in there. You know, head coach said, Mike, uh, brought me a letter that he had received to tell me I was in the running for the rookie of the year. I was one of the top candidates. Wow. And, and man, it brought tears to my eyes. I say, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> Three more games left. Would have been the first thousand yard rushing in the Saints history. Yeah. And, and then I'm sitting in the hospital with a broke ankle and I get a letter. You are a top, top uh, candidate for rookie of the year, you know, in NFL. So, you know, it's just one of those things, again, you know, where injuries, you know, play a big part sure. in, in, in uh, you know, players' careers. Well, uh, despite basically missing four games that year, you were third in the NFL in rushing for rookies that year. And your quarterback was was a guy named Archie Manning. I guess my question to you, Mike, do you remember uh, seeing a bunch of Archie Manning kids running around the locker room when you were uh, a member of the Saints? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Archie was a legend in Orleans, you know what I mean? He was, uh, you know, coming down here, I mean, he was the team, you know what I mean? 
And, uh, you know, I, I'm proud to say I played with him. You know, he was a quarterback for the whole six years of, that I played in the NFL. Yep. And, you know, he was a great guy on and off the field, you know, and uh, he still is. Your second year in the league, Mike, uh, Hank Stram became your head coach, Hall of Famer Hank Stram. And uh, he had this quote about you. You couldn't have asked for a better guy to coach. Mike gave everything he had to the game and was always team-oriented. How awesome was it to play for a guy like Hank Stram? Oh, it was great. You know, he coming off, uh, you know, uh, a great career. Got a Super Bowl on his belt. And, you know, and another thing, I, I think if he had a one more year here, you know, we would have gone places. But it was a personality conflict with him and the owner but i'm telling you he was a he was a great coach he had us ready to go we just that that first year he was here i mean we were putting it together and he put together that team if he'd have been a head coach the next year we would have been in the playoffs and no telling how far we would have won yeah so so in 1979 head coach dick nolan took over for hank stram and uh was a really good team for the Saints that year and, and was was actually looking like you were going to make the first playoffs in the history of the franchise. And you guys played Oakland on Monday night. And I'm sorry to bring this up, Mike, but kind of talk about that game. You guys were ahead 35-14 in, in the third quarter, and then, then Ken Stabler rallied the troops and the Raiders ended up beating you in the last you know moments of the game. How how tough was that loss for just the, the franchise at that time when they had never been to the playoffs? I mean, it, it, it was a great, I mean, it was probably the toughest blow up to that point that the Saints had ever seen. I mean, we had this game uh, wrapped up. I mean, one more victory, we would have been in the playoffs. So yeah. when we look at that game to say, hey, that kept us out of the playoffs. Uh, I mean, we had, we had a, a great team that year. And, and I tell you, that took a lot of wind out of our sails. And, uh, I mean, just, just to lose that game the way we lost it. I mean, I mean, you know, it, 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 it was unbelievable. You know, you know, you got these Hall of Fame great quarterbacks out there and they're capable of doing that. And, and, and uh, Ken Stabler was one of them. You sure. Know? Yeah. That's capable that he did it. Yeah. So all your years in NFL, Mike, who was the most dynamic player that you saw that you played against? I would say uh, this linebacker, Jack Lambert. <laughs> he was a good one. He linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. And I tell everybody, you know, I mean, they were coming off Super Bowls, and we played them one time, and I'm looking, you know, I'm in the run, I'm in the backfield, I'm looking up. He had no teeth in his mouth. He was towering <laughs> above everybody. And then he would say something like, hey, coming right up this hole right here. So I know we were right. We're going right up that hole, and he waiting for me. He called the play, and, and we went right up at him. I said, man, they, I mean, not only him, but, you know, they had uh, the terrible defense. I mean, a bad defense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, but now, but I got to put him up there as far as, you know, ringing my bell, you know. And, and he was so smart, like I say, who can call the play? I mean, he calling the play, telling everybody, he coming right up this way. I said, oh, man. All I do was going as hard as I can. <laughs> you know, even if I got a yard or two. Yeah. You know, he would wait for me. Yeah. Well, Mike, after your career ended, you remained in New Orleans as a real estate agent. Um, are you still connected with the Saints? Do you still do a lot of things with the Saints? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every event that the Saints have. I'm there, uh, you know, 
we have a pretty close knit little uh, uh, retired players association here. That, yep. And you know we you know whatever they have going on, you know they invite us, and so we always lend our support to to the Saints and in any event that they have, you know we you know we're a big part of it. I'm a big part of it. Yeah. You know whatever the Saints have going. Well, Mike, you you haven't been back to Ames, Iowa in almost fifty years, and. <laughs> How excited are you to return to Ames, Iowa for your Hall of Fame induction in September? Very. I mean, I can't wait to get up and see if some of the streets that I, that I used to travel are still there, you know, see if some of the dormitories are still there. I mean, it's going to be exciting, you know, just to go back on onto that campus. I mean, I, 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 I you know, talked about it a few times over the last uh, 10, 20 years of mm-hmm. going back, but I never got a chance. and. This will be my opportunity, and I can't wait. I mean, I just want to see how much it's changed over the years, and what do I remember, you know, the streets. I mean, I, I doubt the streets' names have changed, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I would love to just go and travel them again. Well, and I'm just going to warn you, the the landscape looks a little different now than it was when you were when you were here, so you may not recognize some things. So I'm, you know, we're really excited to have you see everything. Yeah, well, I want to know how you stay in these dormitories that was way down the street. And it was this main street that we walked yep. straight up to the campus. I don't know the name of it. I don't know if they still have those dormitories, you know. So uh, I would so be I'm so interested to get back up there. I'm looking forward to uh, just going back and just you know seeing the changes that's happened over the last 50 years yeah well despite not being back you know how often do you uh, check iowa state football scores or do you still follow iowa state football every time i mean every basketball especially football you know and i'm, and I'm just always hoping you know always hoping that you know we that we're gonna do great or we're gonna do well so i mean i really follow pretty closely every game that uh you know, every week I'm, I'm watching them, you know. I mean, I just, you know, I'm on my alma mater to, you know, do well, you know. I mean, in any sports, especially football, basketball, everything they have. I know we had great wrestling teams back in the day, great gymnastic teams. I mean, anything that's in Iowa State is going to catch my eye. Yeah. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us on our sidecast. We're so happy for you, and we can't wait to see you, you know, back in Ames in September. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, so is the family. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a great trip. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.